Welcome to New Type Flash. This is a podcast where every other week we come to you with Gundam Universal Century in a more or less chronological order. This week we are coming to you with episodes five through eight. Um, yeah, and that's all I really have to say about that. I'm, I'm used to introducing a manga with that one, but we're not doing that anymore, as we've said before. Um, <laughs> uh, we have Luke. Hello. And Scotty P. Yeah, the manga's over. All the words, they're, uh, they're, they died of, of the big Rona. Yeah. yeah. I like it. it was, it's actually funny, just like randomly speaking of manga, we've been seeing all these P-Bandai releases coming out. And um, you know, Scotty mentioned that some of them were from like, the, the newer ones from like the Gundam Wing stuff were from the Glory of the Losers manga. And, um, and I like went and read like first four or five chapters of it. And it was like, man, these mobile suit designs just like off the bat are way better than the anime ever was <laughs> hey they didn't have a budget in 1995 you know what their budget was you know what it was it was the discarded remains of no grade victory 1144th kits <laughs> that was the budget they said whatever you can melt these down into and barter for that that's your materials you could tell that with the leos man the leos are the ugliest mobile suits i've ever seen i'm sure you could top that but but they're just ugly i mean the tragos it's like a fat leo with no legs <laughs> all right let's go ahead and get started um episode five so the without its thing without its like face mask and whatever that thing is on, on the top of its head is called, which there's a term for that I can't think of. I hate it. If you take I, that off, it, it's basically a Leo. I don't you know like, I, I've, I've never liked the Leos. You know what's funny the about about the Leo? The Leo looks like someone was sitting there like, you know, this is going to be in a game. This needs to be able, we need to be able to render this on the PS1. <laughs> yeah, but then there, but there aren't 90s model kits. You know when the Leo model kit came out? Last year. What, 2006? No, like last year. Maybe late 2018. Really? Yeah, it was, yeah. You know, it was late 2018. Well, maybe, maybe they fall because I got the the one from Build Divers for Christmas, not last year, but the one before. Maybe they knew nobody would buy it. <laughs> I don't know, man. That still the only Taurus is this uh, like B Club resin kit from the 90s thing is really expensive. Isn't isn't that the whole point of Build Divers though? Is that it's just all the stuff that people wouldn't buy, so they're trying to reinvigorate the kits. They're doing a lot of grunts, uh, like a lot of the '90s grunts Which, never got love, and they can do all kinds of variations on them. I just like even color them. variations. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've got like five Leo kits. I have, <laughs> I've built three of them. Thank you. <laughs> I, I love grunt mobile suit kits, man. They're, they're so much more interesting than like the '97th white Gundam that I've built. You know. Not that I don't like the Gundams, because I do, because you know that's why we're here. But yeah. well, it's nice I mean, to see something different. Just to try to get us a little bit back on track, I mean, we can tell that Astonage is very much into white Gundams, and I know I skipped a little bit, but at least it gets us back to Zeta. <laughs> All right, episode five: Father and Son. Um, we already know that Camille's mom is dead, and the last thing he ever said towards her was, "You ruined my life." Right before she got popped. Um, good, good way to end it. <laughs> um, I, I did want to like, the when the episode starts, this is the beginning of like them doing this 
I don't know, not a recap, but like this introduction in Zeta, which is just really weird and philosophical, usually with like butterflies flying around here and there and like some, you know, the the souls of, of man are weighed down by earth, um, which we've only mentioned a half a dozen times in the past two episodes. Um, but yeah, earth flying shot of a Xeon pilot corpse. It's strange. Yeah. It's, uh, it's like they had a theme or something. <laughs> Um, so Basque is returning to grips is, is what he is trying to do at this point. Um, and the rest of the fleet that is, is pursuing the Argama is going to continue pursuing the Argama. So, uh, Basque is going to jump into another ship and, uh, turn around and go, go do his thing. Um, they're also planning on attacking Granada at this point. Um, yeah, why not? It's, why would you not attack Granada? It's always a problem. Um, Everyone always tries to attack it. Like, <laughs> that, darn, that dastardly Anaheim, we'll get them this time. Yeah. I, what will we do? Like they, they build the enemy suits, but they build ours too. <laughs> um, so Camille's dad, back on the Argama, is being a douche. Um, at this point, he, he's just like, I built, I built this machine. I know how to do this and that. Blah, 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 blah. To be fair, is he ever not a douche? Is there any no. point in this entire series where he's not a douche? Uh, and, and to also be fair to Franklin, I, I'm not sure if this is, maybe you watched it in the Japanese, but he doesn't sound like Eric Cartman. Um, <laughs> so there's, there's also that, but he should. Maybe he should. Um, this is though where, this is what I mentioned at the, I guess it wasn't the top, but Astonage is repainting the Mark II's Right, so you're no, no longer in Titan's colors, and now this spawned just so many model kits. <laughs> every every Mark II, there's at least two, one in each color. Yep, there's the 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 original black ones, and then there's the AUG versions. I'm sure there's a Federation version out there too. I'm sure. Were there was there a story with a Federation version? Nope, doesn't need to be. I mean, there's probably there's probably a red char version of them out there too. <laughs> oh, that yeah, it sounds like a thing that exists. <laughs> um, yeah. So he he takes um, Astonage hostage to go look at the Rictius. Um, basically, takes his uh, was it the welding gun or something, and says, "Well, let's fuck off to the Rictius." Um, and then once he gets to the Rictius, he pushes him off into space. Just this like, is the part where he threatened to murder a guy with the welding gun. That was important. Yeah. Um, but he, he just like pushes he pushes the guy off in space. And um, I think in the last episode, Scotty said he remembered hearing hearing somebody address it in the show. I don't remember that. I I very specifically well, and I, I specifically remembering remember wondering like, did they go save that guy? I'm sure they had like a, a all I remember is him going off and saying, ah, help me. Yeah. I don't yeah. remember if they said that they got him. In, in the movie, they, they say, let's go save him. I don't remember if they said it in the show or not. Yeah, no, that's in, it's in the English. It's just like a quick one line background uh -oh. thing. There, you know, it's one of those, oh, and these other guys went and left to get Astonage. He was a red shirt anyway. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't hit it. Um, I mean, he's not, he's not a red shirt until doubles later. 
Um, so uh, Franklin gets into the Rick Diaz and he's like impressed about the 360 degree screen it has. He's like, it's it's pretty good, good stuff. Didn't he design uh, it? He did not design the Rick Diaz. Um, so oh no, you're right. You're right. Yeah, the Rick Diaz is actually something that was handed down to um, Char at the end of Char's deleted affair by his um, love interest. She basically like gives him like a whole bunch of mobile suit designs. Well, it's she she inherits them, or he inherits them from Haman. Or is it, I haven't. Uh, so she so there's there's two people. There's um her name's Sumire Congo. I think she shows up in um Shar's Counterattack. She's uh, like a mobile pilot engineer, and she and um Natalie. I forget what her last name is. Um, Natalie is Char's love interest in Char's deleted affair. Um, and she passes away in it. Um, but like Sumire hands Char these plans and says like, this is designed by Natalie for you. Or well, not for you, but designed by Natalie. So well, he takes it. for Roberto, but huh? he took it anyway. I'm, I'm joking. <laughs> it's probably true. Um, yeah. So they're, they're like Xeon designs. Um, the Rick Diaz is. Um, anyway. Um, so he takes the Rick Diaz and flies out to do his own thing. You know, he stole it. He's going to go take it back to Basque. Who's going to, um, help enable Franklin hook up with his, his mistress even more now that his wife is dead. Specifically, he took Quattro's red. Yes. Yes. Because it probably goes three times faster. Yeah, it absolutely goes three times faster. Um, so Char sends uh roberto and um appley after uh after franklin and uh char won't let camille go since he's afraid he wouldn't be able to fire on his dad um yeah camille hates his dad so he gets away from recoa and uh launches anyway because that's what you do (laughs) um we get some background on on uh, Henkin now. Henkin. Henkin. Oh, the yeah. Go for it. Okay. Uh, so he, you know, Blex is asking him if he's ever heard of the Red Comet because if you haven't already been beaten over the head with this, not even foreshadowing, I guess <laughs> anymore. Um, but yeah, so you learn that Henkin was uh, on the Federation side in the One Year War. And he was on a Solomus, and he mentions how during a bow coup, uh, they were like their group or unit or whatever was a- attacked by the Zeong, which he says very strangely in the dub. Yeah, yeah it was. I, I had to just know that it was what he was saying, right? Um, so that never got close enough to them to down their Solomus, but he felt this power from Quattro now that feels similar to the power of the Red Comet that he felt that day. So coincidental. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's just crazy. And then Blex is like, you know, somebody out there is just, they're still seem to be spreading Zeon Zoom Daikun's will. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so in the meantime, um, Char had launched in the Mark II. Um, and it gets, he gets his leg blown off um, while he's trying to pull the Rick Diaz back. Um, and then 
as as Camille's as uh, Franklin is fighting, he has uh, flashes of um, his mistress. It's like really random, like new typey flashes of his mistress in his head. Look, that margarita. It might be it might be some good margarita. That's why he's thinking about it. It's so much you're going to see her in space. We got to give Jared credit though. He shot off that Mark II leg. It's probably the the only good cool thing that Jared's done. Jared yeah, I mean, we didn't even t- mention him launching, and uh, and here he is. Yeah, I mean, they show it, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, he's such a like I don't know. Um, so Camille launches in a Mark II that is having its left arm replaced. So he's he's like, fuck it, I've got a gun. That's yeah, enough. Right, right. I'm good. <laughs> um, and uh, they're like originally going to like hold him back and not allow him to, but Rekoa convinces everybody to allow Camille to launch out there. Um, and Camille is just still super angsty about his dad cheating on his mom like this whole time. It's Camille. Camille's got issues with his his family. Yeah. He's well, got a lot of parent issues. He's not chill about it when people bring it up. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Camille attacks his dad. Well, he doesn't attack him. He, like, confronts him. And then um, his dad fires on Camille, or Franklin fires on Camille a few times and swings at him, and Camille's just, like, his mind is blowing. He's like, you would attack me in a mobile suit? Um, and then his, his uh, dad takes a... Um, particle cannon shot in the chest. Uh, and he manages to actually get out of the suit despite like where he gets shot. Uh, well, this is how you see that the cockpit for the Rick DS is apparently in the head because that's what he comes oh, out of. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so he gets out of the Rick DS. He starts floating towards Camille. And you're like, oh, well, he has a normal suit on. He'll be fine. But the explosion of the Rick DS kills his dad right in front of Camille. Um, so more daddy, more, more issues are, I'm sure going to pop up because Camille is the most stable person we have ever had in mobile suit Gundam. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> um, so meanwhile, Emma is trying to join the AUG. Um, or after, after all this stuff comes up, but they all go back to the ship. Emma is, trying to join Ayug and Shara says he doesn't trust her completely yet. Um, so she's going to get a nanny while she's on uh, the Argama. Oh, um, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. I wanted to go back. There was something I wanted to mention about the movies, the new translation movie as okay. it relates to episode five. So the scene where the Rick Diaz blows up and it takes Franklin with it. Um, they, this has been newly animated in the movies and what, it then shows is that it wasn't the explosion that killed him. It was debris. Uh, so there's the explosion and then debris from it is what hits him because theoretically in the normal suit, he would just be pushed by the force of the explosion. Right. And maybe yeah, and there's been other people in, that have been near mobile suits that, that exploded. I was just like, all right, I'll give them their artistic whatever. Yeah. And and maybe that's why they did this is to, um, is to do that. And then the other thing there's actually, this is the only part of really a lot of the episodes we're about to talk about that is, I think, mentionable in the movie. Um, so in the episode, you get this very quick thing here again of um, 
uh, Basque saying that he's leaving for grips uh, and says a couple things to Jim Icon and that's that. Um, now, I don't know if that's the dub of the show or not, but in the subtitles of the movie, it was much more clear and it foreshadows a little bit of things. Uh, so Basque mentions that as he is going there to speed up the relocation of Green Noah 2. And he also tells Jamaican that thing about you know, half of the Federation probably would support the AU. Don't suspect to find any kind of base at Granada, that sort of stuff, um, which is in the show. But I thought it kind of makes it more, it's actually good foreshadowing for what they're doing. Like it gives you a hint that, hmm, there's something up with that, not just he's going back to the Titans base. Right. Yep. So um, back when everybody is on the Argama together, uh, Camille is having his mommy daddy issues in front of everybody. He's just like, he's kind of just whining to everybody and like they're trying to comfort him, but he like pushes him away. And then he says, you just don't understand. I've had complicated family issues. I just want a family. Um, <laughs> the same as someone who didn't actually have parents. Yeah. And, and yeah. And Char basically like, tells them to stop bitching and make a better world for the next generation. Um, and then he tells Camille about Char um, and Camille doesn't care. He's like, you don't get it. You don't understand. It doesn't matter. I miss my parents. And then for the second or third time in Zeta, um, the episode ends with Camille crying. Yeah. This scene goes much, much differently in the movie to the point where there is no recycled footage. Oh yeah. What, it's like a whole newly animated scene. It is. Com it's all newly animated and it's almost entirely different. Um, some of the gist of it is similar, but I mean, th this is where you have Emma deciding to defect like for sure right here already uh, at this like conversation um, Kay is, uh, excuse me, uh, Camille. I put K because that's what I write in my notes so I can take them faster. <clears throat> Ketamine? No. Um, <laughs> uh, Camille, he kind of bitches about his parents, but it's a little bit less emo. And you see him and Rekoa interact in a different way here. Oh, and by the way, the room they're in, uh, Rekoa turns on like this foresty oh, yeah. program, like scene thing. It's, it's like a I'm Star Trek hologram almost. Yeah, and honestly, the whole scene, I'm kind of worried. Like, it's it's Quattro, Camille, uh, Emma, and Rekua, and I'm real worried about who's going to take their pants off first this entire scene in the movie. Um, <laughs> but but this it gives them an opportunity to do something that the show tried to do, and it didn't do well, which will matter later. But you see Rekua sort of more like physically comforting Camille. And I don't mean that in a pervy way. I know I just made a pervy joke. That's why I had to clarify that. Uh, but as he is, you know, down about his parents dying, uh, you know, she's putting her arm around him and letting him rest on her and, you know, actually being touchy feely comforting. Not Whereas just in the, in the show, nobody wanted want to be within five feet of this guy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I think it really kind of helps clarify what the show doesn't do a great job of and then says later it did a great job of in the dialogue. Um, so, yeah. And then there's also, uh, I really, uh, I think the yeah, Emma kind of starts talking to Char about Char and it was really funny and 
they talk about how Shar was a fool, and then Quattro is like, "Hey, how about dinner?" <laughs> uh, biscuits. <laughs> yep. So that's like the end of episode five in the movie, and that's about at forty-one minutes. And now I just want to say we're going to cover episode six, seven, and eight, maybe if we stop rambling on this episode. And um, by the time we get to forty-eight minutes, we're done with all of that. Um, yeah, so the, the next episode almost don't happen in the movie. Yeah, the pacing on the movie is is weird, but I mean, it's they, they you have to. They cut. They basically just cut out this whole trip to the moon thing. Yeah. So episode six is to Earth. Um, it starts off with Lila and her her cohort mocking Jared for being useless, which we all cheer her on for this. To be fair, she's right. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, and then we actually get a quick uh, side scene to Camille um, talking about designing a Zeta Gundam um, by combining the Mark II and the Rick Diaz. Um, so we get, I, I think you see like a quick picture of it, like in stencil, but you don't really see much past that. And it's like maybe like half a second of it. It's really quick. Uh, yeah. But it's on a floppy disk. Yeah, he's like chilling. Uh, he's like chilling on the computer designing it, and then he's just like, "I think I'll call it the Zeta." Oh wait, something else. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Reco and Quattro show up, and um, Camille runs away from them, and like leaves this floppy disk floating in space. This is not. This is not an allusion to any any other thing that's floppy. He just leaves a floppy disk just floating around. Um, and then he uh, heads to Emma's room. Huh? Said Lane wants to copy that floppy. <laughs> Don't copy. <laughs> um, yeah. So he, first, so he obviously just, the smart thing to do is head to Emma's room. So he heads straight to Emma's room after he loses his Zeta Gundam designs. Um, and so Rekua follows Camille. Like, hey, you forgot this. Um, so she's like, approaches him completely normally is like, Hey, you forgot this. Here's your disc back. And he's like slaps it out of her hand and, and runs away again. And he still doesn't have his plans. Um, it's really weird. Uh, and doesn't make a ton of sense. Um, and then this is where Rekua also tells, um, Emma about the colony 30 gassing. Uh, and Emma doesn't seem to believe it. I mean, she's like on the fence. She's like, Oh, you know, this is another one of those Basque wouldn't do that. Yeah, her, her world about Basque is starting. Basque is starting to fall apart at this point. Yeah, he's he's a good guy until you find out he's gassed a colony and is a terrible human being and put a kid's mom in a jar in space and, <laughs> and let Jared sit anywhere near it whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. uh, so the. Camille's like kind of like listening in and spying on this um, because of course he is. Uh, and, and he's more listening in um, the Argama brain trust is, is listening in here because we got to remember, they don't really completely trust Emma still. They don't have a good reason to, right? She says good things and, you know, they're trying to win her over, but she has an escort. She has, right. she's, she's tracked and, all that stuff. So like she's, she's on a short leash on the argument. Yeah. Hopefully she's kind of aware that she's, you know, under 
surveillance or at least has a suspicion. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know if they ever addressed the surveillance part, but I mean, she obviously knows she has an escort everywhere she goes and she knows like she's not fully trusted yet. Yeah. This is the only other thing that I, I thought was kind of, well, it is very different in the movie, but what happens here in the movie when they, uh, Reko and Emma have this conversation, this is how they bypass the next episode or was it eight? Uh, let me look real quick. Um, yeah, it's like the, this is how they skip episode seven in the movie. So then when they have this conversation, Rekwa basically sits Emma down and turns on YouTube and turns on an Alex Jones video or something. And it's like, see, this is how the government did nine 11. It's going to change your world Gosh. and shows her a video. So that's the analogy. The actual video is footage of Zeta Gundam episode seven in this newly animated scene, like on a <laughs> screen. And it's where they go to colony 30 and you see like the dead zombified corpses and such. Um, but the the vibe was very much like that one guy in college, like check out this videos could change your mind about the government. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> fuel can't melt steel beams. Oh my God. <laughs> All right, we're going back to the Titans for a minute, where um, Lila has refused to join the Titans and um, beats Jared up, which you know more rah-rah, but then she starts like flirting with him. And so now we're like, man, are we going to have to hate Lila too? Um, but yeah, so she's, she's like, she mocks Jared a lot, but she also like seems to think he has promise and this and yeah, that. She points out that he has potential. If she like, she's kind of like, you know, do what I say and you know, I'll make you, you know, make sure. Yeah. Jer Jared specifically says he'll do whatever she tells him in order to be the leader of the Titans. Look, and she's, she's got to plant her death flag somewhere. Yeah. Like <laughs> yes, she's, she's like, hmm, what, what can I get him to do for me? <laughs> um, yep. So we learned that Reko is being sent down to Earth from Char. Um, I don't think they really say why yet. They just say that she's going there. Um, and Camille goes over to Reko and he like checks her out. Like, scans her he's like oh nice tits and then like then she leaves for earth kind of awkward he doesn't say nice tits if that's what you're looking for in your notes scotty <laughs> no i was trying to see I was. <laughs> <laughs> and then i was gonna look it up on the internet wow does it have nice tits? i don't know certainly no one's drawn those on the internet um so uh I was, uh, I was, what I was looking for is I thought, uh, no, yeah, you must be right. I, 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 maybe it's in the movie. They mentioned something about why she's going. I feel like Caraba gets named dropped, but yeah, they, they hint at stuff, but they never, they never really say anything. They kind of leave, like leave it shrouded in mystery. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the scene after this one with Camille and Quattro talking is when, you know, Quattro makes some weird comment about Camille being a little bit like Amaro. Yeah. Um, so the Argama forces are, are they, they're fighting to take out an earth, the earth satellite defenses. So Reko is getting ready launched. She didn't actually launch at this point. Um, so like they have to like, just take out these, I guess the Titans have set up like some giant, like, I don't know what, what if, 
like the 1980s Reagan Star Wars like <laughs> laser battery surrounding the Earth satellites. Except I, I assume in this case they're like facing outward, um, so that anybody from space can't like come to Earth without going through those defenses. Um, so yeah, they're trying to take like one specific one out so Reco can launch through it. Um, and the Titans are not far behind the Argama at this point because they've been chasing it the whole time. So, um, yep. Um, Camille, of course, launches without permission again and taking the armless Mark II. Well, the left armless. One armed. One armed, <laughs> one armed Mark II. The left armless Mark II. Um, and he does this because the other team has actually launched a little bit further out. And he's like, well, I've got to protect Requa. Um, because everybody else is like far away and we know that the Titans are close. Um, so Shar's team heads back to uh, protect the Aragama, but they're like still pretty far out. Um, at this point, the Mont Blanc gets blown up. And I, this is the one or two only times that the Mont Blanc gets mentioned because apparently there was another ship that was flying with the Aragama that was an Ayug ship. And it got blown up. So um, now you know. Now you know. And and hey, the Argama has to get its GMs somehow. <laughs> there's, not even a, there's not even a wiki entry for the Mont Blanc. Like that's how little it's mentioned. Yeah, I think they mentioned it like before it gets blown up. I think it gets mentioned once briefly. It's and just once or twice, yeah. yeah, and then it gets blown up, and they say, "Oh, the Mont Blanc got blown up," and then like it gets mentioned one or two times after it gets blown up. But like that's it; that's the Mont Blanc. So the um, reason it gets blown up is because here we cut to Amaro Ray and Cheyenne. Yeah, and um, so what? Mansion. I'm sorry. Hanging out in his mansion. Yeah. So. What the show doesn't tell you here, the first time I watched Zeta, I was very confused by this scene. So, in case this is your first time watching Zeta, fine listener, let me fill you in, since it doesn't do that <laughs> at all. Yeah. So, Amaro has been more or less put on house arrest by the Federation after the one-year war, really because they're afraid of him. To be quite honest, uh, yeah, they have like a, a new type. They have like a distrust for new types in general, right? And they know that he's like a powerful one. That's really all they know. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're looking at him as like, yeah, if he discovers we're a bunch of pieces of crap, that's very bad for us. So he is kept. He's you know he's, he's well kept. They they take care of him. He's got this big old mansion and servants. Uh, and we get a little bit more background on his mental state in other episodes. So I'll save that for that. But uh, the reason the Mont Blanc blows up is so that they can have this scene where the power goes out in his mansion. And then he looks up at the sky and sees these falling stars. And it's the remnants of the Mont Blanc. Yep. Yep. Um, so they're still fighting in space as, after we see Amaro poolside. And um, Jared mistakes Camille for a shard during the battle. Um, he's like, oh, this is the Red Comet. And it's not. It's it's Camille. It's a douchey little kid with blue hair with a girl's name. Yeah. <laughs> but then Camille, I have to say, the highlight of this fight, and honestly the only part of it I cared about, is that 
Camille uses that Mark II with one arm to kick that Hyzak in the dick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he kicks it away and um, Reko is able to launch. Yeah. He just like, yeah. <laughs> you know what happens in the movie? Reko launches without incident. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, I, it's funny, like Camille apparently like in the past two or three episodes fighting, he is one of the best hand-to-hand mobile suit pilots because that's what he does. Like he grabs his dad's suit at that one point and is like, or Jared's suit and is just like punching it in the back of the head. And this one, he like drop kicks it in space. Well, now one of the reasons he's grabbing these suits is to see who's in it because when they're in contact, they're able to hear one another, even though they're not on the same radio frequency. It's that whole skin contact thing, which is, it's really weird how, I mean, they barely bring that up as a thing. Yeah. They don't mention it much. But they use it all the time. So, like the Minovsky yeah. particle co- particles break down communication in space. Um, the only way to reliably speak to someone, I think you can kind of hear people every once in a while. Like it's it's inconsistent. The only reliable way though is to touch their normal suit or touch their mobile suit. Yeah, and now if if Minovsky particles have not been dispersed, then radio communications are fine. But then you also have all of the other considerations about interception and this and that and the other. Yeah. And I think maybe in Mobile Suit Gundam they might mention it once, maybe. And yeah. but I mean, when you but as you watch other series, it, it's funny. You know what made me notice this most is the novels because they actually, yeah, actually explains it and regularly mentions it as a thing. And I think it's because when you're describing these things in words, it would make a lot more sense to do that. And uh, in these shows, you know that. The man hates exposition of basically yeah. in kind. He just drops it in the dialogue. So, uh, yeah, it really made me notice it a lot. And as you as you watch other shows past this, I mean, even in G Reco, like they still do this a lot. Yep. Yep. Um, so Camille wonders what Reco will do on Earth as part of the Mont Blanc makes those meteor showers down onto the Earth as Episode Six fades out. He walks one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, escape, episode seven, Escape from Side One. Um, Lila, it starts off with Lila essentially being, she's talking and she's like, man, the, the Argama and the pilot of that Mark II are actually pretty badass. Yeah, they compare, they start comparing it to the white base. Yeah. Yeah. That's her method of defending Jared. Yeah this point she wants the d and she's like jamaican is scolding him jared for just losing so many damn mobile suits and generally being incompetent and yeah that's how lila defends him but then jamaican's basically just calls new types uh, fake news yeah he's like yeah no they're not real he actually says the term media hype in the dub yeah <laughs> um before before uh before cool <laughs> Camille is officially made an AU pilot at this point. Um, well, he's offered. Yeah, he's offered. He like gets all bratty and says, I, I don't know what I want. Don't you offer me things. Don't you offer me this official position in your unofficial terrorist organization? <laughs> he's mm-hmm. like, kids shouldn't be sent to war, and I don't want to be a new type guinea pig, even though I'm not a new type. 
be fair, they're not terrorists. They're, uh, what's the term that's that, but not terrorist. You know what I mean? They're not terrorists. That's true. That's true. I'm being facetious about it. Uh, they are a anti-government resistance faction. Yes. Yeah, they're the good ones. A, a union group, if you will. <laughs> please, please don't form one of those in the U.S. and say you're not part of a terrorist organization. <laughs> I think no matter what you form, you probably shouldn't say you're part of a terrorist organization. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Argama enters side four um, at this point, and we see... Uh, we're learning a little bit more what the Titans are doing. They are constantly looking for this secret AU base that is out there. Um, and Blex is kind of just point blank says at one point, there's no secret base. We don't have our shit together. Um, we just learn eventually soon here that the secret base is basically in the back of a McDonald's behind the fryer. <laughs> yeah. It's not a McDonald's. It's a... It's a McDonald's. No, it's a McDaniel's. McDaniel's. Sorry, I've been reading the um, Devil is a Part-Timer manga recently. Oh my God, that's so good. Yeah. Uh, As a matter of fact, you said McDonald's. That's exactly what I thought of. (laughs) Um, So Jared continues to try to get some Lila into his bed. um, And she tells him to become a real soldier. And then she can tell him a lot of stuff. and then there's a few hints back on the Argama that Char is trying to or banging Am- Emma. Char would never womanize. Never. It would never be implied that he's. I mean, Emma's a little most too old for him. the female cast of every show he's in. Emma's a little too old for him. Um, How old is she? I don't know. Oh. Legal. Wow. <laughs> you have some strong about <laughs> there, but, but when you're at the AUG, what even is? Part of the part of the Federation oppression we're we're challenging is the age of consent. <laughs> that was Char's like joining condition. <laughs> Oh boy! Do they need? <laughs> do you have to do the skin touch to get consent? Uh, he's got enough new type powers to tell if they consent or not, right? Oh no! Oh, no. <laughs> this, is gone. this has become a very different show. Uh, all right, let's talk about docking. <laughs> oh god. Arma, I mean, I the in the last month or so, yeah. The argument docks at Colony Thirty um, on side four, and um, we also learned that that Lila is going to try to sneak into the colony as well while the argument's docked there. Okay, so I learned something watching this episode, not from the episode, but because the episode confused me. Thanks, Zeta. That's you're good at that. Um, so as they are approaching the colony you see the bridge officer pull out this like whistle thing and everyone stops and then listens to this overhead PA announcement on the Argama. And they're talking about how they're going to dock at the colony. I'm like, okay. And I was just like, why was there a whistle? 
So I had to go and get on Google and I, I learned something. This is called a bosun's whistle or a bosun's call or a bosun's pipe. It is spelled like it would be pronounced boat swain, but hmm. it's bosun's call. These were traditionally used in naval settings to give orders when the sound of the sea was too loud for the crew to hear. Now my notes continue after what I wrote down from Wikipedia and I questioned in my notes, why is it used here? And I have no idea. I mean, it might happen based on just due to the state of the colony and lots of interference and things along those lines. Uh, but it's on the, oh, like the ship intercom. I don't know. Yeah. yeah it was, it's kind of weird. Maybe, you know what it is? You know what it is? It's those moon whales that show up. <laughs> oh, hey, hey, look. Anybody that has spent any time watching Turn A or reading Sea to Stray knows exactly what I'm talking about. It's real. Maybe they have stirred up the moon sea so much that they can't hear over it. It's true. And it's true. Weird things happen when you dock, to, uh, you dock with uh, gas colonies. Um, yeah. So Camille and Emma are taken into colony 30 by Char. Um, we see a lot of deserts and dead bodies. Um, and this actually reminds me a lot of like a uh, Texas colony in, in some ways. Yeah. I was getting those vibes too. Yeah. Um, and speaking of Texas colony and Char is Casfall is whoever is that, is Eduardo. We actually get to see, and, and this is, oh, I don't know if this is the first time they've shown it in the show. Uh, but you see Char's forehead scar from his fight with Amaro when he takes his glasses off. And I don't remember ever having seen that. Um, at any other point in Zeta, you see it in the opening episode when you when he is approaching uh, Grips, mm -hmm. and they show a flash of his face. And maybe it's not at the very beginning; it's either at the very beginning or it's when he like senses Camille. It, it's okay. one of those spots, and yeah, it's the immediate hint if you watch the original show. Yeah. This guy is exactly who you think yeah. it is, but play along for a while. Yep. So, um, <laughs> Lila at this point thinks that this colony might be in the secret AUG base. They've been looking for out of this entire time. Um, and as they're kind of like walking around the, the, the colony and, and Char's kind of giving, you know, Emma, this whole, like, see, you know, Basque really isn't that good of a guy. He did this. Um, Lila runs into Camille, who's kind of like sidetracked off at this point um, and holds him at gunpoint. Um, and then Lila kind of like pulls him into this one little area as Char and Emma are walking by. And they overhear Char talking about Basque's motivations to gas the colony, um, the riot, the anti-Federation riot that they had. Um, and then like, this just pisses Lila off to the point that she like comes out into the street and like calls Char a liar. And then she runs away. <laughs> so that whole, whole Camille hostage thing was just like very short lived. Um, so they, they all, oh, I get, oh, sorry, sorry. I Go didn't ahead. get to mute in time. Um, so there is a important thing for some future Char stuff that gets dropped here kind of casually. 
but as Quattro is explaining the Colony 30's reason for having these demonstrations, what he's he kind of explains what kind of learn later is maybe a little bit of his own opinion tinged in here, or maybe it it isn't in necessarily, and it, you know I, it, I'm unsure if this is factual at this point, but. Um, you know, they're, they're just giving Emma the whole propaganda spiel anyway. Uh, but Quattro mentions how the people that were there thought that the earth should be allowed to heal naturally, that the humans should all, the ones left on earth should, you know, leave space and just live with the space noids anyway. And because of that, you know, the space noids should be more free and all that. Um, but the part where he mentions not having people on earth so that it can heal itself naturally is... Uh, if this is your first time through, keep that keep that in mind that Quattro might be into that idea a little bit. Um, so they all leave Colony 30, Lila, Camille, Char, Emma. Um, and then Camille actually leads the strike forces. This is one of the, the first times he's actually been allowed to launch, <laughs> like given permission to go out and launch um, to stop Lila's suits. Um and during this fight, she recognizes that Camille is a new type, but he can't be one because he's he's just a kid. Only adults can be new types. Um, <laughs> Camille uh, kills her right as she like. There's like there's this whole scene. It, it relates back to when she's like talking with Jared. Like once you realize your enemy's, you know, better than you, then you lose. And so she recognizes that Camille is better than her. And he proceeds to skewer her. Um, yeah, and, and there's the, the Jared is begging Jabicon, like, send her help, send her help. He's basically saying, send me to help. Yeah. And Jabicon's like, Jared, you screwed up too much. Stand and watch, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> and so he watches, um, Jared watches Lila get killed by Camille. Um, and this is obviously, Jared, in Jared's mind, this is obviously as bad as. Um, Camille watching both of his parents get killed in front of him. Um, and Jared cries. <laughs> I'd, like, I'd like for the episode to end like that because I could, I would be able to say like Zeta just ends with some dude crying at the end of every episode. Um, you will but, see the tears of time. <laughs> but uh, the episode ends with Camille essentially becoming a, pi a pilot. Um, well, remember he gets back to the Argama and they're all like, hell, fuck yeah, he killed them, yeah! And he's like, I killed somebody. Yeah, he's angsty about it, too, in some ways. Yeah, yeah. well, he's kind of the, he is the he's voice of reason. He's pissed that they're celebrating it. He's pissed yeah, that they're celebrating it. Exactly. He's the voice of reason in this one scene where they're all very happy because they don't even think about how someone just died. But Camille yeah. is new enough to this. And, and this is actually when Emma sees it. She reflects that something unusual is happening within his mind. Well, no kidding. We've been watching him now for seven episodes at this point. But yeah, and I, I wish they would have just like swapped these scenes so like Camille can be angsty and then we like flash to Jared crying. Yeah. <laughs> that that would have made it more complete for me. That's your new translation. Yeah, that's my new translation. Every episode ends with some dude crying. Um episode eight, the dark side of the moon. Um Yep, Emma and Char are trying to cheer Camille up because he's still angsty and himself. 
Um, Camille does not believe that he is a, a new type, uh, but we also learn at this point he's kind of like moved on. He doesn't regret killing Lila because he recognizes that it was either him or her. Um, but Emma doesn't believe him. He's, she's like, no, you're 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 more affected than you're leading on to. Right. Um, and then we we see like this interesting uh, thing where Emma is talking about how she knows for a fact that she met Amaro Ray a few years ago when she was um, traveling in Cheyenne, Wyoming with some of her girlfriends. Um, and she said that he seemed tired. And they never really explained because like she said she didn't know at the time that it was Amaro Ray, but now she knows it was Amaro Ray. So uh, like- may, Maybe it was her. So uh, the implication to me that is there is that her time with the Titans, she maybe was privy to some information oh. and, and has connected the dots. Yeah, uh, okay. Although, you know, she says she's only realized it now, but mm, you know, she's, she's just joined the Agug and Camille is waffling on it. And she really wants to see him also do this to get validation that she's done the right thing. Right. And um, so you have Quattro kind of listening in and then Camille, he kind of quips a little bit, something about, oh, well, yeah, you met Amaro Ray. Huh? Well, maybe Shaw Reasonable's on this ship. <laughs> and then um, she's she's like, what? What, what do you mean? I, I might have met him on this ship. And he's yeah. like, nothing, nothing. And that's where, that's where in your head you go, Camille figured it out already. He's the one character that isn't a total doofus. <laughs> yeah, I still, I still. She gets angry, though. It's weird. I still can't uh, figure out how no one is. No one's figured it out. How's, yeah, Emma gets Clark, angry. Clark, Clark Kent with the glasses over all over again. Look, Emma gets angry because she's like, no, I'm. She, she and no one is super smart as Emma Sheen would <laughs> meet Char and not know it because she knows now. She realized she met Amaro, so definitely she would realize the same thing, right? Duh. Yeah. Yeah. But not she's Camille. Got those new type skills. Yeah, Camille, in some way, has sensed this and figured it out and convinced himself of it, and that's why he backtracks, because he makes it sound like a joke, and then inside his head, it, it wasn't. Yeah. Um. So, Jared. It's my story. Sticking to it. Jared, fresh off of crying, dried his tears a little bit, used some Kleenexes, launches in a Galbaldi to attack the Ar Argama. Um, and Camille launches as well. Uh, and then, like, this scene didn't make sense to me. Uh, let me know if it makes sense to you. Camille's, like, launching. And then, like, I assume it's the ship giving him cover fire or something along those lines to launch. But he gets, like, pissed off. He's like, what the fuck are you firing at me for? And then, like, they drop it. Like, there was nothing else. It was just like, why are you firing at me? And then Char launches right after him. So what's going on here is that they are... So the, the Argama is on approach to the moon and they're heading for Amon city. They're trying to make it look like they're going to Granada. Um, and so they're kind of flying low and the, um, I think it's, it's, the, it's either the Brunei or the Alexandria that the Titans are on. Um, it's Alexandria. Okay. Yeah. They can't quite locate them. And so Jared launches because they're trying to figure out, where they're hiding, where they're going. And they'd say, Jared, just go shake them down. You're not supposed to engage. We're just trying to get our pursuit 
solid, figure out like where they might be going. Um, and then when Camille encounters the Galbaldi, Jared grabs the Mark II because he's just got this hunch and then he figures out, okay, oh, that's Camille, oh, that's Jared, and then they start fighting. Yeah. Yeah, and Jared's actually holding his own pretty well against Camille throughout this battle. Um, and we find out that that's mostly because Camille's never fought on a place where that actually has gravity at this point. I think he was briefly on a comp on the uh, colony, but I think he mostly just escaped the colony. I think this could contrast pretty well too, because Jared, when he was like sucking, like what was it, an episode or two ago, he was complaining about how he wasn't used to fighting without gravity. Mm. Yeah. So this is more of Jared's cup of tea. Yeah. yeah. Um, Remember the Titans are a Federation organization. So, most of their bases, I mean, we know about Luna 2 and Granada at this point, but most of these guys would have been, I mean, they would have come from um, places like in 0083, uh, name slipping my mind, in Australia, Torrington, you know, that's that would have been a base that trained a lot of these guys. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Earth stuff. Jaburo. <laughs> Jabrow. Jabrow. <laughs> Um, so yeah, Camille's leg gets damaged. Um, but before he's able to really get wrecked, Char shows up and saves the day. Um, so yeah, I think the leg is damaged on the Mark II. And I think Jared's Galbaldi's leg got fucked up too. Um, but yeah. So at that point, the Argamuff actually makes it to Amon. Um, and then we are in like a completely different thing. We're on like a like an actual city at this point. We're no longer on the Argama. Um, some guy that knows Shar shows up and um, shows him that Axis is heading towards Earth and that Grips is also moving as well. Um, but this is your actual explicit confirmation that Quattro is Shar. Because he yeah. goes into the apartment, there's a picture of Casval and Artesia, and then the visitor arrives, and he's like, I'm a captain now. He's like, no, no, no Lieutenant Char. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, the, the nuclear engine pulse. So this is another thing that the th – this is one of those that it is pure foreshadowing, but it, it didn't feel super important my very, very first time through the show, but it really is. Um, yeah, there's a nuclear engine pulse – it's coming here. It's something called Axis. Uh, and then uh, Char mentions that Haman Khan must be 20 by now. Yeah. 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 So at, this is another illusion that they, they, they tie into the end of Char's deleted affair. So we learned that Char was actually sent to the Earth sphere um, because he was basically Haman's right hand man. She got. She sent him and he kind of wanted to leave because they had a falling out. Um, and he was supposed to basically send Intel back, even though she reluctantly sent him. Um, he was still supposed to be like sending information back. And he apparently ha never did that over the course of like two years. And at that point, Haman was basically like, fuck it, we're going to the Earth sphere. Um, so that's kind of like how this whole dynamic happened um, to initiate that. And got to keep in mind, I think they were out that Axis was originally halfway between Mars and Jupiter when it originally launched out. Um, it is an asteroid. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, so Jared gets thrown into bri the brig. Um, for As his tradition. Wait, where's his Gundam? He's in the brig? What? <laughs> he had a Mark II. Right? This is blasphemy. <laughs> um, but we, we get to see, I think it's Cacricon. Um, tells him that tells Jared that he's going to um, follow some intel that he's gathered to get some revenge for Lila. Um, and then we get to see Shar meeting Wong Lee as we foreshadowed earlier at McDaniel's. It's definitely not McDonald's. It's McDaniel's. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And Al from 0080 has grown up to work at the McDaniel's and serve hamburger. Wink, <laughs> wink. Uh, it's, it's not that's all made up um uh so wong lee wants to blow up jaburo and char wants to attack grips um they talk about why and it's just they're i, I guess lee lee is thinks it's, it's a more impactful if they attack Jaburo, it'll send a bigger message and Char's like, well, tactically, we should be attacking Grips. And he makes some comment that like, oh, so you're not just a, you're not just the money guy anymore. Like, you're you're actually like making decisions now. <laughs> like, I thought you were just yeah. supposed to shut up and give me money. Yeah, um, so he's, he's one of the guys funding this whole thing. Maybe he owns like 18 McDaniels franchise locations on the movie. I don't know. He made his money somehow. Um, and then this is where we finally hear about Caraba. Yes. Yep. Yes. The AU support group on earth. Yep. Um, yeah. So basically the Argama is supposed to go to earth, give the Caraba all of their mobile suits and then come back to space. Yep. That's what I would do. Um, so Emma and Camille drive through the colony wreckage in the moon. So like, I guess there's been some colonies that have been dropped on the moon or fallen on the moon. Who knows? Just, uh, <laughs> just have to fall on there. And, uh, and of course they get ambushed and Camille shoves Emma out of the car. Um, they both kind of like run around for a little bit, avoiding some bullets. Um, and then a Haro saves Camille from getting shot as he is like falling down. Um, so now the Haro is Camille's friend and then they manage to get back in their car and drive away from Kakrakon. And that's the end of the episode. Meanwhile, in Zeta, a new translation, that first movie, uh, after Rekoa launches without incident, uh, Lila and Jared are only now in a briefing room with Jamaican and they're about to launch to stop the AUG's Earth Drop operation. And as everyone is preparing for that and Lila launches in her Galbaldi, uh, Camille finds a Haro mixed in with supplies on the Argama. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so it, this is really where, um, like my little side notes on trying to timestamp where the episode content was, this was the moment where I went, wow, yeah, they basically just skipped six through eight. Yep. Which, to be fair, not a lot happens in these episodes. I mean, there's there's a lot of like, as as you've as you've mentioned before, and we've talked about a little bit. Like, there's very much like this Tamino like knowledge drop, like like the faucets dripping, and like if you don't catch those drops, like you're gonna miss something later. Like, 
wait, Axis? Why is Axis in Earth now? <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, who, who is Karaba? Um, all this stuff that you would like think is important it gets dripped in these episodes and you ha have to know it or you're kind of like scrambling to look it up on Wikipedia or whatever. What's an aluminum falcon? <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting. Not a ton happens, but you know, it's Zeta. <laughs> it, it's one of those things that there's like 10 to 20% of the content is really important to know. And then the rest is, hey kids, Zeta Gundam model kids out now, <laughs> and that's why we can we can handle four episodes in um in one episode here. <laughs> A and B fight. Shar comes out as the pedophile. <laughs> Mentions Haman's twenty now. Is that legal in space? <laughs> well, when they first met, she was like fourteen. Is that legal in space? She I, thought, I guess it falls under maritime law officially, so look at that. Damn, you need that. that. I don't want to know. <laughs> what if whatever the United Nations has agreed to for maritime law? Let's ask Michael Bay. Oh, God. <sighs> All right. You guys got anything else for these episodes? Do they have the Romeo and Juliet law in Texas Colony? Jesus. <laughs> what about Colony 30? I they don't have I don't I don't think I don't think mummies can consent. I mean if I wanted to hide out somewhere, Colony 30 would be a place to go. I mean it seemed pretty crappy and hot, but I mean aren't the mirrors busted? Like wouldn't you just bake eventually? Maybe and just make a shady room. With an air, with a fan. I don't know. Well, I have lots of questions on how they were able to take like their helmet visors down. I did too. I was like, wait, didn't they gas the colony and everything's broken? So shouldn't it be circulating that gas? Uh, and well, or if there's like, is, are there any holes in it? It's just been floating out in space. Maybe this is why the movies cut it down to a propaganda film. That would make sense. That would make sense. I don't is have it, yeah. it should it the whole the whole series is a propaganda film. <laughs> That's okay because next time we have some of the propaganda film of Gundam Evolve to jump back to. Yep. Yeah. 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 There's some little mostly inconsequential little shorts, but you know, they're kind of fun. Yep. I think they think they're kind of neat. And I don't know if it's it's probably definitely over by now by the time this episode airs, but if you um you're ever curious as we go through these Gundam Evolve shorts here and there. Uh, right Stuff Anime's birthday sale ended not long ago. I'm guessing, just conjecturing based on when this episode will go up to air. Um, that DVD is almost always on there. Like, oh, dude, it's super cheap all the time. Times a year, mega sales, and yeah, it's very inexpensive. Um, so that's if you're wondering where to get it. It's only on DVD, but it's pretty older cgi so it's fine on dvd and uh yeah that's a that's a way to get that and they are not sponsors of this program i just want you to know it's the only place to get gundam shit legit so 
All right. So in two weeks, we will do episodes uh, 9 and 10 and Evolve 2 and 12. So um, we'll check you out that next time. Thanks for listening. Check us out on Twitter at New Type Flash Pod, and our bios are all in there or on our Reddit threads. Um, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>